Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller. And it's our first show of February, so we'll look back to the month that was for the Ottawa Senators, a 2, 5, and 4 month of January. Hey, they already have two points in February. Only problem is, well, it came in two games, both overtime and shootout losses to the Maple Leafs and Anaheim Ducks, respectively. We'll get into all that, including... The Belleville Senators continuing their dominance of the North Division, and they're going to need that because they have a ton of divisional matchups coming up. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, February 5th, and Miller, I've had enough of these loser points. Yeah, you know what? It's it's good in one sense. If I can try to find a silver lining for you, Ross, it means that the Sens at least are competitive. They're working hard. They're sticking with teams right to the end. But, man, you kind of wish they would just let in uh, a goal at the end of the third in the final minute just to stop that loser point. Because we're looking at this. These loser points could be uh, crucial when it comes to draft lottery time when the percentages are given out at the end of the season. So, I don't know, DJ Smith, maybe you got to start pulling his goalie in the the final minute and tie games going forward. Yeah, well, they did a really good job. I mean, they, they held the Ducks to only three shots in the first period, and you gave me a silver lining. I'll give you a golden lining. If you're going to lose in a game where you get the extra point, make sure it's a team that when they get the point up on you, they pass you in the standings. The Ducks jumping over Ottawa with uh, with their win last night in the shootout. Also nice to see uh, a former fan favorite, at least of mine, Jakob Silverberg, still using the exact same shootout move that he used with the Ottawa Senators, even going back to his time in the Swedish League when Sens fans were scouting him, uh, waiting for him to come over. Didn't score on Hogberg, but both the other Ducks shooters did. Uh, the Sens just terrible in the shootout. You mentioned, what, 0-5 in, in the shootout? Yeah, it's been a rough uh, rough year in the, sh- in the skills competition for the Sens uh, after overtime. And talked about giving an empty net when they're down uh, or when they're tied late in the third. They might as well just have an empty net in shootouts too because... It's been brutal. They can't win a single game. I mean, as soon as overtime's over, you kind of know they're they're done in the shootout. So, I think uh, you found the stat, Ross. It's something like two and fifteen two, for their two attempts. Goals, two goals on fifteen attempts in the shootout. Nemesnikov and Tyler Ennis each have one. Notably, Anthony Duclair, who we're going to get to a poll later in the show, is zero for five in the shootout. But that's. That's on the the cold end of the offense. Now let's talk about something that's heating up. Both goals last night for the Ottawa Senators were scored on the power play. And that's a power play that's really come to life since the addition of Drake Batherson, specifically since the All-Star break. 7 for 17 on the man advantage. And this is the 30th ranked power play. Remember how anemic it was in October and November. But they're fifth in the NHL, albeit a five-game sample size. But what do you like most about what they've been doing at the man advantage here recently? Well, it's crazy to think that they've been so hot since the All-Star break. And like you said, last five games, uh, the percentage on that, they're 41.2% success rate on the power play in those last five games. So... I don't know what happened in the All-Star break. Maybe some uh, much-needed rest and relaxation got them focused and ready to go after. But 
they've been on an absolute tear. And I just think part of it, Ross, is simplifying their game. I mean, before in the start of the season, they're trying to make these cross-ice passes. They're forcing things. And their biggest problem I found was their breakout. They couldn't, or I guess zone entry. Uh, they couldn't get into the zone uh, in a clean way. And they seem to always want to do that drop pass to Shabbat, but the team knows every single time that it's coming. So they were getting stopped easily. So I think they've been simplifying their game and they had a really great game on the power play in Buffalo. The game I was at, I'm pretty sure they went three for three. So if they can keep up this consistency on the man advantage, it's going to just boost players' confidence and guys like Batherson and Nisimov are going to get chances to score some goals. Let's talk about the first goal. Drake Batherson, he had an awesome move to get in uh, all alone. Couldn't finish. And then 20 seconds later, uh, and I mean, my eye was just caught in front of the net. I'll talk about uh, Brady's play in that sequence. But uh, Drake is just looking more and more comfortable, right? Four to five of his points uh, since the All-Star break are on the power play in five points in five games. This guy is, is really taking the next step in his development. And Ross, not only that goal, but... How about those hands? I mean, I think I saw three or four times where he just, he just made an NHL defenseman look silly. And he had another really good chance. Uh, I think it was Fowler maybe that he deked right through and then got a high shot on Gibson that was deflected out of play. But Batherson is looking more and more like an NHL player as each day comes by. And it's good for him because the Sens plan all along was when they call him up, they don't want to send it back down. I don't see Drake Batherson ever wearing a Belleville Senators jersey again until maybe their Calder Cup playoff run when, uh, like we talked about off-air, they might use one of their recalls to uh, send him, or I guess transactions, to send him down during a playoff run for the Belleville Senators. Yeah, I'll get into kind of the nitty-gritty of of how players become eligible for the AHL and what could happen here as there's going to be a lot of bodies coming in and out uh, with the trade deadline. We also could see some some situations where Dorian adds a, not necessarily a sweetener, but a contract coming back like we saw with uh, Oscar Lindbergh in the stone trade. Just a, a warm body to play in the NHL while these kids uh, continue to develop. But Drake has just been awesome. And it's funny that we both mentioned you saying it and making NHL defenders look like that. Me saying they look more comfortable because you and I have had a, a front row seat to the Drake show in Belleville. And um, it's not much of a surprise to see him play this offensive game. It's just the fact that he's doing it at the highest level is uh, pretty impressive. Same with uh, Marcus Hogberg, who, I mean, is he going to go back to Belleville? Like, th this is a guy who, uh, luck isn't on his side when it comes to the record. Two, three, and seven, which I don't think we've ever seen that that uh, lopsided of, of a record. Usually maybe one or two in, in the OT loss category, but another solid performance for Hogberg last night. Absolutely. I mean, Hogberg, he's proving why he deserved that one-way deal on the second year of his deal coming into next season. And it's going to be interesting with Nielsen. I'm not sure when he's going to come back. He's still dealing with uh, concussion-like symptoms, I guess. So it might be a while. But once he comes back, I mean, it kind of seems inevitable that Craig Anderson is out the door, doesn't it? Because these other guys coming forward and Hogberg, he gives you a chance to win every night. You rattled off the OT and shootout losses that he's had. Clearly, he's keeping the Sens in these games, and he needs to keep playing uh, because you need the development of Decord and Gustafson down in Belleville as well. So I think Andy 
the writing's on the wall there, and it'll be sad to see him go, but it's what's necessary for the development of Hogberg and other goalies in this franchise in the future. Well, that's a good transition into the game from uh, Saturday night in Toronto. Not going to call it the Battle of Ontario anymore. It was a complete snoozer. It basically yeah. felt like a preseason game, but uh, Andy was solid. Only two goals on 36 shots. Um, really, the reason that the Sens, uh, shocker, picked up a point. Um, and then if you go back to the game you were at in Buffalo, that's two two good starts in a row for Andy after he was on an 0-4-1 stretch in his five previous games before that. So it's nice to see Andy play well. And uh, what were your other takeaways in uh, in that 2-1 snoozer at Scotiabank Arena on Saturday? Well, I'll tell you my initial or most important takeaway is Mitch Marner is just a little, little boy that got bullied by Mike Riley in the corner and that caused that penalty. I mean, yeah, it was interference. The puck wasn't there. But Marner, I don't think I've seen any any NHL player fall down so easily. And then immediately, while he's sitting on the ground, whines to the ref and gets the call. And then, of course, what do you know? He scores the, the winner in uh, overtime on the power play. So it's plays like that where it's, it's a considerable or questionable call. And, I mean... The Sens did get lucky before that with a questionable call of Pajot uh, was interfered with, which, I mean, that was that was coincidental contact. So, I mean, you'll take it both ways, but I don't think Pajot embellished that at all. I mean, you can tell I'm a little sour. <laughs> well, that wasn't even that. the most embarrassing thing that Mitch Marner did in, in the game. Did you see he was tying his skates in the middle? Of the, of the action? I had to watch that four or five times because I don't think I could ever wrap my head around why you would ever do that as a player. And it almost cost them. I think a two-on-one came back the other way while he was tying his skates. And what a weird night for Mitch Marner. But uh, besides that. Yeah, weird that finishes in a, a game-winning goal. Um, you mentioned Mike Riley. And he had two assists in the game against the Ducks. And quietly he's got six points in 12 games uh, which is huge because the Sens offense uh hasn't been coming from the back end this year outside of Mark Borowiecki <laughs> and of course Thomas Shabbat but they really hadn't had any offense coming from their bottom four um so it, it's I think pretty impressive to see what he's done in in limited time uh he's already signed for next year 1.5 million so you can expect to see more of Mike Riley uh, going forward for the for the Sens, and uh, if he can continue kind of this pace, then uh, you know, happy to have him as long as it doesn't mean that Boros out, right? But um, another news from from last night's game: Vladimesnikov is uh, blocked a shot. He's out. Uh, not sure what the status is for him going forward. Let's talk some Belleville Senators. So, kind of the rolling effect from Freddie Anderson's injury with the Leafs is that. Kazmir Kaskasuo, who uh, was in the AHL All-Star game, he got the call up to the Leafs, leaving Joseph Wall uh, to fend the uh, the Marlies net and uh, against the offense of the Belleville Senators, Pilsy, maybe not the best idea. Oh, buddy, I can't believe that uh, this matchup worked out so well. I mean, Joseph Wall, his stats are not looking great. I mean, 22 games played, 3.68 goals against Savage, and a .885 save percentage. And his record is 7-11-4. So the Senators, being the top offensive team in the entire American Hockey League, must have been licking their lips seeing this. And what better way against a division rival in Toronto to uh, prove to all those Marlies fans that 
Maybe Belleville's time uh, to take over the crown of the Battle of Ontario in the American League, at least. It's time, and they showed that. Balsers, two goals and a beauty 3-1 win. I'm glad I grabbed puck line on that one. Yeah, exactly. It's automatic at that point. And, I mean, we got to touch on uh, the game before that, too. Down 4-1 with six minutes left. They rattled off not one, not two, but three goals to tie it up. And then Jordan Murray in overtime getting the win in Laval. How's, that was their 19th road win. The game against the Marlies, 20 road wins in 26 games is simply incredible. I mean, when I looked at that box score for the Laval game, I saw 5-4 in OT and I was like, okay, like that's kind of crazy that they let four goals in on Laval or Laval scored four goals on them. I had no clue about this comeback. So that just shows you the offensive firepower of this Belleville Senators team. You literally can never count them out of a game, especially uh, a division rival game where they know the uh, importance of those points. So the North Division... Be aware, this Belleville team, they're the second best team in the entire league. I think only the Milwaukee Admirals have more points. So it's Belleville's time and they're showing it. And I cannot wait for this playoff run coming up this season. So starting way back on January 24th against Utica Comets, that started. So they're in the middle of this streak right now. They're on a 12-game straight against their own division. So talk about a time where you can pick up points and really separate yourself. And the Sens have been doing an awesome job of that. The Baby Sens are uh, now six points clear of in the North Division. How important is that going to be not to have to stress down the stretch? And also, if you're going to use your call-ups on guys like Drake Batherson after the deadline, you're not worried that they they might not make the playoffs, right? They're, those B Sens are 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10 games. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a math guy, Ross, but I'm going to say the odds are pretty good that Belleville makes the playoffs with how they're standing now, even if there's a lot of movement, which we do expect at the trade deadline. Well, uh, well there, there's 14 points clear in the division right now. The Marlies are fifth. So each top four teams in each division make the playoffs. The Marlies, who are on the outside looking in right now, have 49 points. So 15 points separate them at Belleville. I'd say it's all but wrapped up. And we're about to get a whole lot more separation, uh, especially if Freddie Anderson stays injured and uh, Joseph Walls a starter because these two teams are going to see each other a lot the next two weeks, eh, Ross? Yeah, so they played last night. They also have a, a back-to-back coming up on Valentine's Day and then on the 15th of uh, of February as well. And that's that's not all. Oh, I didn't even mention. They play this Friday. So, yeah, that's yeah. Three, of the, three out of the next four games. Uh, they mix in a game at CAA Arena, part of a three-game homestand uh, against the Laval Rock in the middle. And you get to see some NHL talent on the other side. Uh, yeah, the guy who got picked in front of Brady Kachuk is in the AHL. Yeah, let that sink in. Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi and his sick vision is uh, is stuck in the American Hockey League. So he'll get a C Belleville on Saturday night, the, uh, the 8th. Um, we'll get to it in the news and notes after, but both goalies have been playing awesome hockey. Joey Decord stick taps to him. 11th win. This guy up to a 920 save percentage, 11, three, two and one in the American hockey league. So really taking the, uh, the starting job in Belleville by storm and, uh, Rudy Balsers. What can, what more can you say about him? Pelzi? Cause he is just on fire. Well, the more that I can say about Rudy Balsers, the more I'm sitting here thinking, why is he still in Belleville? I mean, before the, uh, or during the NHL All-Star break, or I guess the Sens bye week, 
they sent three players down, Drake Batherson, Philip Schlappick, and Rudolph Balsers. And I think everyone assumed it's just to have them play in the American Hockey League, get Belleville some even more wins, and then when the NHL comes back, call them right back up. And what do you know, Batherson and Schlappick get the call up, but Balsers stays down in the AHL. And uh, Balsers has three goals in his last two games. So I think he's doing everything he can to prove that he should be in the NHL. And we said it months ago that we didn't think we'd see him back in Belleville, yet here he still is. Personally, I would like to see the switch between Balsers and Schlappick. I, I think Rudolph Balsers is more NHL-ready. Although Schlappick, he had seven hits last night, which is pretty crazy um, against the Ducks. But I want to see Balsers up there. I think he can produce. And even on a fourth-line role, I think he's going to develop nicely and build some chemistry with um, with some of those guys like Colin White, maybe Anisimov. So... I don't understand why Rudolph Balsers is still down here. Do you, Ross? Uh, not necessarily. And you mentioned that he's got uh, three goals in his last two games, 10 shots on goal as well. So really putting the puck on net. Um, it's it's one of those situations. It, when he's been in the NHL, maybe he hasn't been able to get that top six look. And and he's not a kind of guy I want on the fourth line. Whereas Schlappick, a little bit older too. Um, I, I love how he's kind of transitioned his game to to fit in where he needs to play in the lineup. So um, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. I think Drake obviously deserves his luck right now, and you know I'm uh, I'm not too concerned about him. I, Thirty points in 26 AHL games that's tough to look away from. But you know if he's going to help be a big part of this Calder Cup run, that's going to help his future as well. But here's the thing, like, at what point do you just have too many prospects kind of blocking each other? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many guys who kind of have that same role and are fighting for that same spot. You're looking at Batherson, Schlappick, Norris, Brown, Formanton, uh, Balsers. Like, there's so many guys. And at the deadline, likely there's going to be more moves, bringing in more prospects, hopefully, or picks, which will then be drafted into more prospects. And at what point are you just stocking the cupboards up too much and kind of kind of forcing your own hand to trade guys who you don't want to simply because you don't have room for them. Yeah, it's an interesting point. It's something that, that Pierre Dorian is going to have to let play out over the next, uh, well, just over two weeks now until the it's trade. Coming up quick. 100%. So, yeah, there's lots to look at, but you think of, of guys who are likely on the move, um, and then that's, that's kind of where you can, uh, you know, um, f- fill those roles in with the younger players. And then at some point when you really want to get the rebuild into the next step, then you got to go out and add a guy, whether it's in free agency or a trade. And if you're going to move a guy in a trade, well, you're going to have to attach one or two of these young kids um, who are on the outside. So I think having an abundance of them is is not bad. And um, it's just going to help the growth. And, you know, if you're a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all about the great advertisers working with the Locked On Network to reach sports fans. But you might not know that the Locked On Senators podcast, it's a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ottawa Senators fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. We just did a poll and over 55% of our listeners are from the Ottawa area. So it's not just any Locked On listener, it's a Locked On Senators listener. And if your company wants to connect with Sens fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING 
to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit the lockedonpodcast.com backslash advertising. We're looking forward to hearing from you and listening to your ad right here on the Locked On Senators podcast. Great news at Ascend's practice today. It's awesome to see Bobby Ryan back, Pilsy. He's been gone since like mid-November. So that's just great to see. DJ Smith, he's talking right now. He said, still a ways away from playing, but, you know, it adds, because it can't be easy to be away from your teammates. Of course, the uh, NHLPA substance and, uh, you know, mental health uh, program it's it's all confidential so all that we know is that he was away from his teammates and that couldn't have been easy for him definitely and it's especially a guy who's a veteran and uh if you're looking at senators players who have long term here it's pretty much him Boro, and pajot and i mean anderson as well as a goalie so he's one of the longest serving senators on this team and definitely a veteran of this team and for a guy who's making the amount of money he is and uh, has had the career he's had, unfortunately derailed by numerous hand injuries, he's got a lot of pride. So I'm sure it's tough for him to sit out and kind of watch his teammates slug through a rebuilding season. But we hope the best for Bobby Ryan. And he's going to be one of those guys that can slot into the lineup come trade deadline because we know he's not getting moved. And he can allow... uh, some of these prospects more time to go in Belleville because they don't need to be up in the NHL filling a roster spot. So, you know what? I haven't given up on Bobby Ryan yet. I still, the talent is, I think is still there. It's just tough with everything that's been going on. I think maybe with a, a kind of a fresh start here, we could see a new look from Bobby Ryan and hopefully see him put some points on the board here. Yeah, and with him coming back uh, eventually, and then looks like Nick Paul's going to be uh, ready to play tomorrow when they host Colorado. Um, and Nemesikov, I mentioned earlier in the episode, well, we've got an update from DJ Smith. He's uh, just questionable. He, he could play tomorrow, so it doesn't look like a long-term thing. And in the long term, this this is very good in terms of Belleville's playoff run. We mentioned maybe some some fill-in guys coming in at the deadline, but when you want your guy to be eligible for the AHL playoffs, so this this applies to Schlappick, this applies to uh, Willannon, this applies to Batherson, and to a lesser extent, Nick Paul, though he would have to clear waivers. Um, you need to be on the AHL roster at the trade deadline. So after that, you only get three post-deadline call-ups. So it does make things a little bit interesting uh, from that standpoint but you need you know warm bodies in the national hockey league so uh that's something that the sends are really gonna have to uh tread lightly with it and make decisions based off of that so you know just something to keep in mind as we get closer to deadline and uh speaking of goalies we have to give some stick taps to not joey decord but the other goalie in belleville because philip gustafson was named the second star of the month actually you know what it's he's just in the middle of the graphic it's just the goaltender of the month in the AHL, 4-0-1 record with a 178 goals against average and a 942 save percentage. He also earned his first career AHL shutout. So that's awesome to see, isn't it, Pelzi? You got to love seeing when both goalies, I'm talking about Decord and Gustafson, are playing really well in Belleville because 
for years, Belleville has just struggled with their goaltenders. I mean, not really having any consistency, usually having more, um, too many goalies, like a crowded crease. So with Anderson or Nielsen, sorry, being out so long, it's given these guys time to develop. And I'm loving what I'm seeing from both these guys. Although I think I'd, I would still give Decord the edge with his stats. It, uh, 920 save percent has just been incredible. Whereas Gustafson, he had a real tough start to the year, uh, giving up a ton of goals in the first two months. But I think it's both. It's great for both these guys. And we're going to see how they compete against each other for that crease because neither one is really uh, giving an inch. So we're going to see competitive goalies down in Belleville, and that's going to lead to more wins and more success for the Senators. Yeah, more news and notes. Shane Pinto uh, scored an awesome goal. We retweeted it from our Twitter account, at Sens Central, but it's our buddy Sens Prospects who's got the video. And it's awesome because it's JBD circling the net, making a nice play on his edges, and then finding Shane Pinto, who's got his 13th goal of the season and is on a six-game point streak. So um, we want to give a, a shout-out to Shane Pinto, um, who just is making everyone look foolish because I don't think there was a Sens fan that wasn't surprised. And uh, for the third time this year, uh, he was just named the NCHC Rookie of the Week. So um, shout-out Shane Pinto. It's awesome to see that his uh, his year with, by the way, North Dakota is going to make a run here for the national championship. So um, definitely something that Sens fans can keep their eye on. Something else uh, from the Marlies game last night, Logan Brown, uh, questionable hit, we'll say, on huh? Igor Korshkov. Um, I would not be surprised if there's a suspension coming uh, to Logan Brown. We'll update that situation as it's ongoing. Meanwhile, the tankathon, Pilsy. San Jose got two points last night. Hate to see it. Uh, yeah. Over the Calgary Flames. New Jersey picked up a point. Um, you see Kovalchuk, by the way. He's getting booed by them every single time he touched the puck all game long. Then he scores the shootout winner and gives the silencer the shh. Well, I, I think if anyone can get booed in any building, the New Jersey Devils fans have the absolute right to boo a guy like Kovalchuk. Didn't they? Like, what was that deal? It was like a 15-year deal that he walked out on. It was insane. It cost them some draft picks because they broke some NHL rules. They were just so confident they were going to have this guy for life, and then he pieces on them, and now he's rejuvenating, rejuvenating his career in Montreal, scoring goals against them. So I don't blame Devils fans at all for booing a guy like that. Yeah, you know, that's pretty fair. I don't know what was happening in, in Los Angeles. Like, he, it just seemed he was completely over the hill. Yeah, then, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my my guess is he got maybe a little bit of a rock star uh, kind of ideology. He's making bank over there. The team's not really winning. He's probably just enjoying the L.A. lifestyle rather than focusing on putting pucks in the net where Montreal, that's a pretty boring city, not much else to do there. So he's just focused on hockey, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> some people would say that there's uh, some ways you can find yourself in trouble in Montreal. Maybe he doesn't like the cold though, so he's staying uh, inside and out of trouble. Yeah, we'll yeah, go with that. He's been uh, he's been good. All right. Well, without further ado, time to get to the Tankathon Spin of the Day, brought to you by the Locked On Senators Podcast. Going in to today's spin, Ottawa's own pick, the fourth best odds at first overall. San Jose's pick, the sixth best odds. Pilsy, would you like to do the honors? Let's do it. All right, Ross, you're not going to like this, but another first overall pick goes to the New Jersey Devils. And then the Sens, their pick drops to six, and San Jose's pick is eighth. So that's terrible. Yeah, that's a, t- that's a tough spin. Yeah. Uh, now I'll get mine going. Here we go. 
Yikes. Yeah, also not great. I got sixth and seventh for the Ottawa. Ottawa's own pick, oh. sixth, and then San Jose's pick, seventh. So. Man, Marcus Hogberg is ruining the tank, these loser points. Yeah, he really is. So since we started this pick, only five total spins have been in the top three. Whereas we're at like 20 that are between five and nine. So Sens fans who think this is an automatic top three pick, I I mean, I wish I had better news for you based on our results on the Tankathon. But hey, it's a long season and the tank's going to keep on rolling all the way till April. But we'll be back to, uh, to preview tomorrow's game against the Colorado Avalanche. Until then, Sens fans, enjoy your afternoon. Go Sens, go. We'll talk to you soon. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been... The Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.